Welcome to the World of Procurement podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnes. Today on the podcast, we've got Jonathan, Jonathan Townsley. Jonathan is based in the US. He's currently working, I believe, still with MasterCard as a supplier management and business optimization consultant. But Jonathan is a outstanding procurement pro. He's worked across lots of different categories, sectors. He's led teams. He just knows his stuff and I was delighted to get him on this episode of the podcast because we kind of just had a bit more of a conversation around procurement. I do my best to not talk too much throughout these uh, podcasts, but this is a, a slightly different podcast, a bit more of a conversation. We go into a bit of detail uh, around Jonathan's career and we, we, we try not to make too many predictions, but we are looking to the future here. We're looking at the other side of the pandemic. We're looking at what procurement people might be doing in the future. And we're not talking about in like 10 years time. We're talking about in the near term future, some changes in the way in which procurement pros might need to act. And we also talk about some of the other activities that are kind of coming to the the forefront due to COVID. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation I had with Jonathan. Let's jump straight into it now. Regardless of the industry that they're in, and I think what what they see is that, you know, somebody that is uh, flexible, somebody that's willing to learn. And I think that that goes much further than just having a, a subject matter expertise in a certain industry or in a certain area. I mean, like how I look at it, I almost see a, and I would call it an obsession with hiring managers, regardless of geography, that they always want that that one person who's done that, that managed that category, or say if it's a, a direct program or spend, they've done very similar, almost identical programs in the past. And in my mind, I kind of think they may be missing something from someone who has maybe done a lot of other different types of procurement, but hasn't quite covered that. I mean, what's your thoughts on how that how that works really? Like, are, are, are hiring managers right to to always go with the same sort of people, or should they be opening their eyes and seeing what else is out there to get some different perspectives to to bring hopefully some innovation and change? Yeah, and I think it's it's really a personal preference, but really I tend to steer towards the, the people that are more open, that are willing to uh, try something new. I mean, I certainly have a lot of respect for those people that are uh, you know, set in their ways. I mean, they, they've gotten to a level of the, their careers uh, doing that, so I, I can't really argue that. But uh, what I am very interested in is, again, working with people that are open to the idea of uh, exploring new ideas, maybe something they haven't covered before, uh, and that's what I think I can bring to the table to uh, the people that do work with me is that, yeah, I've been in the, the grocery retail industry, albeit for a short time. Uh, I've been in, in fintech. Uh, I've been in manufacturing, uh, you know, really from the, the ground up uh, to more advanced manufacturing and uh, dealing with issues such as risk management, uh, sustainability, um, innovation. And uh, what's been interesting about uh, all those places I've worked is that uh, those organizations really had a, a collaborative spirit where it really wasn't uh, one group versus another. It was, hey, let's come together and figure out 
how we can solve this problem uh, in a in a different way. And again, together. And I enjoy again working with the, the people that want to uh, get a taste of that maybe experience. And uh, it's it's been fun uh, jumping around from one place to another. I think it makes uh, makes for a diverse career for sure. Yeah, I I think it's great that you you've jumped around and you maybe haven't just stayed in one lane throughout your your career. I mean, looking through, I mean, you you've been working in procurement a fair while now, haven't you? It's, uh, to me, it looks like maybe 20 years. Yeah, uh, I started uh, when I was at the uh, young age of 22 uh, in uh, you know, basics of supply chain and, and logistics. Um, I was fortunate enough to work with a, a company that was starting down their uh, strategic sourcing journey, and they saw some talent in me in, in data and al- analytics. Uh, so I really just uh, started working up through uh, the different stages of supply supply chain and procurement, uh, having different roles, again, from being a, a data analyst to e-sourcing manager uh, to category director uh, to even a, a consultant. And what I find interesting about procurement today is that we're in the middle of everything. Uh, we're not just looked at to go get a, a cost reduction or to beat up a supplier. Uh, we're there to solve real business problems that might not even concern those, those two things, a, a supplier or, or a cost reduction. So. It's been interesting and fun. I like the last point you you made because I, I've certainly seen that in some places where I've been, where procurement is not just thought of as that that's that function, that, that team that goes out and like you say, maybe tries to negotiate a discount and maybe just engages with suppliers. I think procurement's changing a little bit and I, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. I almost think the way it's going to go on top of all the, the automation that I, I think is almost inevitable, the RPA side of things, it looks like procurement professionals are going to have to be far more business-minded, far more, I'd almost call it entrepreneurial in that they're, they're pulling so many different teams together to make things happen. I know in a lot of organizations, you have project teams, project managers and program managers who may do that to some extent, but typically supplier facing, they leave a lot of that operation and probably rightly so to procurement supply chain. And I think too many procurement professionals, and it might be a traditional perspective on this, kind of maybe pigeonhole themselves a bit too much that we only kind of talk to suppliers. I mean, because what what I've seen on your profile and your LinkedIn and your messages you share, uh, whether it's procurement foundry, uh, uh, well, because you're all over the place and it's, it's good to see. You, you look at procurement a bit differently as well because you seem to really grasp that it's part of that wider supply chain. It's, it's a very holistic function. You need that that risk expertise, that innovation, that very, you treat it very much like you're a business person and you talk to suppliers and negotiate deals. I mean, I'd just be interested to get some thoughts around that. I mean, I know I've waffled a little bit there, Jonathan, no. um, <laughs> which isn't too good. Not the best way to ask you uh, for your thoughts there. No, I, I, I know what, what you're saying. It's uh, a bit of our nerdness. I think you, uh, I could give uh, maybe a Vulcan mind meld and, and tell what you're, what you're thinking right, right through the screen. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, for the future, 
we in procurement and uh, as part of the overall supply chain, we, we have to have that really all-encompassing business mindset in order to be successful, not only for our careers, but to be successful for, uh, more importantly, the, the people that depend on us, uh, like internal stakeholders and external customers alike. So uh, we can't be afraid to uh, go across into other areas of a business like marketing, uh, like sales, and just ask, hey, uh, what can I do for you? And I think uh, we'd learn a lot. Uh, we'd learn a lot about uh, what it is that they need. And we'd also learn a lot about ourselves and you know, how to be uh, just a better professional. So I, I like the all-encompassing, well-rounded uh, type of mentality that, that procurement uh, needs to have today. I like the point you made there about going out outside of your comfort zone, going out of your your team and actually engaging with the stakeholders. And to me, it's always made sense that you're part of a business and they're just your colleagues. I know we, we throw, throw around the phrases of internal stakeholders or demanders or internal customers, but ultimately they're just your colleagues who yeah. You know, have a different expertise. I was just thinking because the way you 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 were just describe the relationship there is, is that kind of your mantra to build in good relationships within the business is to go out to the business and say actually what can I do for you rather than saying things like maybe actually I'm gonna come here we're gonna do things a little bit differently we're gonna do this regardless of maybe your views on it. Well, you pointed out rightly that I've been in the uh, the business for for a long time, so I've learned a few things along the way. Uh, I think I, I started out uh, kind of the the former way that you described, uh, or maybe even a, <clears throat> the way that uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be this way, and maybe that's the only way. Or you know, I tweak the message a little bit to say, yeah, maybe we're going to do something a little differently. But yeah, as I learned in, in dealing with people. Uh, you know, across the business, across the world, that uh, they don't really like that. They they want they want to be more involved. They want to actually uh, have more input. So I just became more of a receptacle, and I, I took in all that information and worked with them to develop whatever it is that they needed. Sometimes it wasn't a cost reduction. Sometimes it was a, a better performing supplier. Uh, sometimes it was actually a, a workforce management strategy. Yeah, you know, how do we we bring on uh, contracted labor? quicker so that we can get projects out the door faster to help our customers. So uh, those things really didn't involve negotiating for a, a price discount. It involved understanding where the priorities were in the business so they can go and, and help get it done. I like the emphasis there as well that you mentioned. It's not just about necessary discounts and getting savings and things like that, but the way in which you, you phrased it was the your colleagues, your, your internal stakeholders, they didn't want that. And actually, a lot of procurement professionals probably get a little bit caught up in this. They, they say, oh, we're here to maybe deliver savings. We're here to do this. But actually, it's your internal business that sets almost your, your performance indicates, your KPIs for the procurement team. I, I mean, when you're, obviously, you, you've done a variety of roles and very senior roles as well. You've run teams, you've managed, you know, small teams of procurement professionals, maybe larger teams as well. And in terms of getting your teams to perform, do you try and go with what the, the business actually wants from them rather than what they may think that they're, that they're there to deliver. So trying to, like you said, go out into the wider business and find out actually what does this business want procurement to do? Is it savings? Is it better relationships? Is it innovative ways of maybe onboarding people, better contract terms? You, know, you, you get that. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's your views on that perhaps? Um, 
like I said, I've, I've had a little bit of luck in my career and I've been surrounded by good teammates, uh, ones that were willing to learn and I was able to learn from them. But I can think back to uh, one example where I was leading a, a category uh, across a, a pretty big business in an industrial setting. And we had, I had a, a small team, but they were spread a, a across the world. And what we did is we actually uh, went on a road show uh, and visited the, the major uh, producing plants. Uh, really interviewed the uh, the people on the floor, uh, the management staff of the of the factory, and found out again what what they wanted, what did they need, and we put all that together in sort of our our roadmap of how we would go out and deliver what it was that they needed. And like I said, sometimes it wasn't always a uh, a cost reduction, but the the way that I was able to really I think engage those team members is I made it fun for them, and I found out what really was interesting to them. You know, for example. Uh, one of our team members really liked uh, communicating with others uh, you know, via SharePoint, for example, uh, via other internal messaging, creating newsletters. So, you know, we, we had uh, sort of cabinet positions uh, for our team. So, you know, this person that was great at communication, uh, we, made, we made her our press secretary. Uh, so you just try to find out a little bit more about the team members, what made them tick, what got them interested in, in doing a good job doing well and let them run with that piece of the business that uh, made it fun for them. I just wanted to quickly touch on one of the points you raised there. You said that obviously one of your team members loved the, the communication side of things, whether it's SharePoint or whatever internal messaging apps, whether it's Outlook or whatever you've got available there. And it's something that I observe when I'm in businesses that sometimes they may have the wrong character profiles matched up with the activity. So I've seen people go into negotiations who are way too emotional and in, in terms of what I mean there is they're very easy to provoke and in a negotiation I mean and typically in the negotiations that I go into they're worth you know millions or hundreds of thousands they're not small sums of money and if you get a, a, a reaction that isn't good you instantly get the backs up of the suppliers and it's, it's gonna make it hard I've seen people looking through just spreadsheets who have no idea how to add two numbers together <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the attention to detail to go through hundreds of rows and columns. I mean, for me, is it something you've come across? I, I know you've said you've been like very fortunate to, to have good teams, but do you see this out and about that maybe businesses might need to start thinking about roles a little bit differently and that, that, that profiling of behaviors of attitudes and things like that may provide some benefit longer term yeah absolutely they should but the problem or maybe the challenge that a lot of uh, folks face is that they're operating within um, <coughs> excuse me a public company uh, environment so they don't have the time uh, to go and invest in that person to really identify really what again what makes them tick what what's interesting to them uh, they're forced to go and perform uh, so that that they can uh, continue to make the stock price go up. So uh, it really just depends on the environment that you're in and uh, even more so uh, the type of person that you are. If you really uh, want to see somebody develop and want to see somebody successful, then you will take the time. Uh, and that's actually what I've enjoyed about my procurement career and journey is that uh, 
more so than uh, dealing with the suppliers and helping them is helping my teammates learn and grow. That's that's been an enjoyable part of my career, and I I, I think that's been the best part actually. Yes, yeah, it's, it's refreshing to hear someone like yourself saying it. It it almost gets you excited to 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 bring your team along with you. I mean, I, there's a, just uh, I just want to change direction a little bit here. Obviously, we're recording in a, a world where COVID nineteen is rampant. I almost think it's impossible to avoid talking about it. And it might be a good thing to maybe talk about some of the challenges maybe that you're seeing. I, I mean, I think you're currently in a bit more of a, your, your consultancy role maybe is, is it a bit more of a business optimization type role at the moment? So you improve it. It is. I'm working on a variety of different things within within the MasterCard setting. Have you, have you seen any direct challenges to what maybe you're trying to implement or just in, in general in business due to COVID in, in that fintech sector? Well, certainly, um, as you might expect, the uh, level of risk uh, has gone up. I can see that you know, people try to take advantage, uh, you know, maybe try to sell you something. And if you reply to their, to their message, you could give away uh, valuable information, valuable data. So certainly the, the level of risk and uh, our mitigation efforts have gone up tremendously because we, we have to protect our, our information, uh, not only for the company, but for our uh, our customers that, that use the, the MasterCard network. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. It, it kind of makes sense that those issues are ongoing, especially in that sector. From a, a, a real procurement sort of career perspective now, do you think there's going to be and I'm not asking you to sort of look into your crystal ball here or make any rash predictions, but do you think procurement are sort of procurement professionals are still well placed to keep going in their careers, maybe to find new opportunities, given that procurement is likely to have quite a pivotal role in coming out the other end of this uh, this pandemic? You know, um, I, I think it really, again, depends on, on the individual. If you want to uh, take the traditional path of just negotiating with suppliers, getting uh, getting cost reduction. Yeah, that's that's fine. If that's uh, interesting to you, go for it. But I, I think uh, because we're we're changing so quickly here, especially uh, by by way of this this pandemic that's that's hit us, uh, it will actually open up many opportunities for us to do uh, the things that I've been talking about with you uh, in solving business problems that don't necessarily have to be about a, a cost reduction. So I, I like to look at it in a positive way that yeah, it's going to open up some more opportunities, maybe ones that we didn't even think about uh, a year ago. Yeah, I, I like that and. Uh... I mean, I, that's kind of my perspective on it. I think it is really going to open up those other opportunities. I think it's almost going to force a lot of our hands to maybe start appreciating the risk profile of what we're doing and probably the risk profile of the business as a whole, not just of a particular procurement uh, activity that's ongoing and finding new ways maybe to save a bit of time and effort, which might be through means such as you know bringing in a, a new SaaS product that might automate contracting or you know getting far better data. I, I mean, I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. I think uh, from my perspective, I, I think we're going to maybe lose a lot of those more, not necessarily the more junior roles, but the more the roles where people are just doing basic data entry, the admin type roles, the support type roles. I think that they may be a thing of the past post this in organizations that come out of this far better. I think for organizations that don't really innovate still see those type of roles. And I think it kind of leans into what you were just saying in that procurement professionals, supply chain professionals, a far wider berth of, of, of activities to, to undertake. Yeah, I would agree. Some of those tactical positions that we're used to seeing, uh, like maybe analyst or 
or buyer, uh, yeah, they're going to slowly become, uh, maybe even quickly extinct uh, you know, with the rise of uh, automation uh, coming into play. But again, th that opens up some uh, new opportunities for us to get closer to others, learn about what what they need and uh, really take a, a whole new uh, turn for the supply chain profession as a whole. Yeah, and that's it's great. Jonathan, I really enjoyed talking to you. We're pretty much at the end of the episode. Um, and it's a little bit of a, a different feel from some of the other episodes I've recorded so far, which maybe are a bit more structured, but I liked some of the, the avenues we went down. I think we could probably talk about a lot more in the future. It'd be great to have you on again at some point and, and just talk all things procurement. Yeah, talk about all things procurement, all things sci-fi. Uh, sci-fi, yeah. You, you still owe me your uh, your Fitbit uh, user ID so I can <laughs> track your steps and challenge you. Yeah, let's, let's sort that out in a second, actually. Once I <laughs> get there, stop, let's, let's sort that out. But no, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I look forward to more engagement in the future. It'll be fun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the World of Procurement podcast with Jonathan. Jonathan absolutely killed it, gave so much knowledge. We went down so many different little avenues and I almost wanted to explore every single one in so much detail. I'm definitely going to have to get Jonathan back on the podcast just to really just, I just want to pick his brain all day because the guy just gets it. He's got so much knowledge there. I know so many of us can really benefit from Jonathan's knowledge. So if you got any value out of this uh, podcast, firstly, definitely go and connect with Jonathan on LinkedIn. His uh, The link to his LinkedIn profile is in the description below. And also, whilst you're at it, go ahead and give the World of Procurement podcast a subscribe and a review if you can. Written reviews are always awesome to get and just give it however many stars you think are, are, are worthwhile. Like if you think this is a one star podcast, I kind of hope you don't. One star it, but if it's you know, giving you a lot of value, five stars would be awesome. And we'll see you next, next time, maybe earlier than next week for another episode of the World of Procurement podcast.